Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. On this episode of the Oklahoma Breakdown with Iker and Lehman, presented by Riverwind Casino, we talk some OU football by breaking down a list we saw of the top 10 players in the Big 12, and we discuss the betting odds to win the Big 12 this season. In Football Guys Talking Basketball, we talk about Russell Westbrook breaking the triple doubles record and explain how the Thunder's tanking could get a little complicated. We finish up by giving you our winners and losers of the week. Please download and subscribe to the podcast. Rated five stars and write us a good review. Follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Just search Oklahoma Breakdown on any of those, and you'll find us. All right. Our man Michael Hosty will kick this thing off. It's time for the Oklahoma Breakdown. It's a beautiful Thursday, May 13th, and you're listening to the Oklahoma Breakdown with Iker and Lehman, presented by Riverwind Casino. Riverwind is Oklahoma City's premier casino experience, and your health and safety is Riverwind's number one priority. There are so many reasons why Riverwind is consistently voted OKC's number one casino, but it all starts with their amazing variety of gaming thrills and excitement. Riverwind's beautiful, award-winning environment plays host to more than 2,800 of the latest electronic games with a huge selection of table games, including Blackjack, Blackjack Match, Roulette, and Craps. No matter what your game, Riverwind has it in spades and hearts. And Fridays in May from 6 p.m. to midnight, you can win your share of $80,000 in cash and bonus play in Riverwind's $80,000 Wildflowers and Winnings promotion. If you need help finding your way, just visit riverwind.com, Riverwind Casino, simply the one. Now, we're recording this on Wednesday night, a little, a little later than usual, Ted. You are fresh off the T-ball diamond. Give me a thorough game synopsis. How'd it go? Yeah, it went great. It was uh, fantastic. We, we got the dub. Um, proud of the kids. I didn't make anyone cry on first base. Um, my son hit the biggest shot he's hit all year. Oh, it's going good, man. We're improving. We're improving by by biggest shot out of out of the infield no, in the air. 
yeah, yes. Out of the infield in the air. He's into the outfield, baby. He was bombing it. He's getting better every single time we go out there, man. I'm I'm loving it. It's awesome. Look at you. Progress, you're baby. The, you're rocking the team t-shirt and everything. I know. Is... Yeah. Yeah. You Boy. got me, you got me hot off the field. I'm 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 coming in hot. Still voice still a little hoarse from yelling at everyone at first base. Still that coach. <laughs> but but no criers this time. So no progress. criers. No criers this time. Well, good. I'm a hey, that's good to hear. The progress for for your son and for the team. I like what I'm hearing. We it's we may good. have to get in to some thorough T ball breakdowns as the season advances. We'll see. Yeah, we're hey, it's heating up out there. It's getting intense. Let me just tell you. I like pressure's it. ramping up, mainly from the parents, not so much the kids. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it always Parents okay. are invested. Just a reminder, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, to please leave us a five-star review and a nice comment while you're at it. We've had people requesting guests for us to go after, and Ted, Sunday night, Sterling Shepard will be joining us. Number three, Sterling Shepard. Number Shepherd. three. We will, discuss, we will discuss the number change, undoubtedly. But, yeah, talk to Sterling today. He, he said he's good to go Sunday night. Uh, so unless something changes, our man Sterling Shepard will be on the next episode. Let's get right to the OU football stuff. And there was something that both of us saw that caught our eye, and that was a list from 24-7 Sports. They came out with the list of the top 10 players in the Big 12 Conference for next football season. And here they are. Number one, Spencer Rattler. Number two, Brees Hall. Number three, B. John Robinson. Number four, Marvin Mims. Number five, Josh Sills, which out of nowhere for the Oklahoma State Cowboy. Number six, Brock Purdy. Number seven, Nick Benito. Number eight, Charlie Kolar or Kohler, depending on who you talk to. Number nine, Deuce Vaughn. And number 10, Letty Brown. Ted, I immediately thought of you when I saw this list because that is... One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine offensive players in 24-7 sports' top 10 Big 12 players. How angry are you at this list? It's it's just, it's the, and I like 247 sports. I do. As do I. But it is the laziest list you could ever come up with at all no thought into it at all uh oh spencer's the best quarterback oh Brees, who had the most yards rushing that oh it's Brees hall Brees hall's on that list uh boy Bijan robinson finished the year good let's put him on there it's just it's I, I don't know how you come up with that list and put josh sills on there you know like he wasn't even all big 12 like the, I think actually he may have been AP all big 12. I think he was, I think he was like first team AP all big 12, but he was honorable mention from the coaches. I'm so, not even saying he should be on there or shouldn't be on there. All I'm saying is of all the other, like that list. And then he's number five on there. just seems, inc- I, I don't know how they Marquise how Hayes is a better player than Josh Sills. If we're going to put offensive guards on there and I know, Hey, I will give Sills credit. He played a lot of positions last year. He played some left guard. He played some right guard. He played some right tackle. Like 
he he moved around for a decimated offensive line there in Stillwater, but he's not one of the ten best players in the conference. No, I mean he's not. No, so and I you know I I mean neither is Deuce Vaughn in my opinion. I think he's a good player. I think he's good for what Kansas State does, but a top ten player. I haven't seen enough from him yet. He's had a couple of flash plays, but statistically last year, he was just okay. Yeah. You know, he had a nice game against Oklahoma, but I, I mean, if we're lining these guys up, 10 best players, I don't know. I There's Isaiah Thomas, no doubt. Mike Rose, no doubt. Um, the kid from Baylor, Petrie. No doubt is on okay. The list. So when I saw the list, I was like, "Oh, me and Teddy are going to talk about this because of the complete lack of defensive players on there." But Mike Rose, I mean, the argument could be made that he may be the best player in the conference when you talk yeah. about size, speed, production, right? If Spencer Rattler had a decent year last year, but him being ranked as the number one player in the conference is a projection. For this season, it's not based on the results he had last year, right? Even though he got better, it's just it's who's Oklahoma's quarterback, right? Right, and the same thing with Brock Purdy. Yeah, Brock Purdy at the start of last year, he wasn't very good. Mm -mm. I mean, to his own admission, wasn't very good. So, I understand that when you make these lists, you 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 put quarterbacks on it, especially hey, you throw Rattler and Purdy on there because those are going to be the two best teams in the conference, right? That that's easy. But not having Mike Rose on there, you we saw him in person. We finally and I finally got to see him on the field. Gigantic. That, he is big as hell and can run. Six four two fifty. I mean, playing inside backer. I didn't see ten other guys that impressed me, and, and maybe you disagree, Ted. But I didn't see ten other guys last year that impressed me more than Jalen Petrie impressed me. No. You put him anywhere on that list, and I'm not going to argue with it, including the number one spot. That's how good I thought he was. He made every play all over the field. Tackles, physical, smart, beating tackles in the blitz game, beating wide receivers on jump balls, making one-on-one tackles on the best skill guys in the, in the league. Yeah, hey, there's you put him anywhere you want. And then – I saw Nick Benito on there, and he was productive last year. I think this is more of a projection for him next year. But, like, if it's between Benito and Isaiah Thomas, I mean, Isaiah Thomas was a better player last year, right? Or am I crazy? No, that's 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 right. I mean, he played more positions. He was more productive at different spots. I mean, really filled in. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like he was – if. If we're just saying who was the better player last season, I I would lean towards Isaiah Thomas over Benito. I would lean. I mean, I, I'm not just saying for last year. I'd say projecting this coming season too. So, yeah. I mean, it, I, I don't know. You got to You. I'm not saying you got to flood this thing with defensive players, but. You got to you got to have more than one guy on there. I mean, come on, what are we talking about here? Right, Letty Brown's a good player. I like his I like his game a lot there for West Virginia. We'll we'll see if they can get the offensive line situation right. Even though they ran it well, 
last season. I, I mean, I mean it's really a Big did. 12, and there's four running backs on that list. That seems like a lot. It, okay. Is it alarming? Because when I looked at the list, because when you think about, okay, top 10 players in the league, then you kind of think about, okay, who are the guys that can – you know, project to the NFL. So your top 10 players in the league, you're thinking are guys that are going to be, you know, first, second round draft picks, right? That, or at least yeah. that's kind of how I think of it. There's one offensive lineman on there and there's one defensive lineman and Benito's kind of a, you know, outside backer edge guy. I mean, there's no interior defensive lineman. There's no defensive ends like I don't know if that says more about the talent at those positions in the conference or that they just think these guys are better. I kind of think it's more the former than the latter, right? You There's just well, there's not premier talent at the line of scrimmage really in the Big 12 right now. I mean, OU's going to turn some guys out these uh, next couple of years, but you look around the league and you're like, what, Will McDonald at Iowa State? He was more impressive in person. I thought in the Big 12 yeah. championship game, but uh, he's, I, he's I don't a big, know. long, long rusher off the edge, but I don't know how necessarily he translates to the draft. I mean, it's like a Jaquan Bailey. You know, he's he was a really good player for them last year, went undrafted. So, um, yeah, I, I think a lot of that is their fighting narrative. You know, I, I think that the Big 12 players are fighting some narrative there a little bit, but. Uh, it's definitely getting better. There's no doubt that the Big 12 defenses have improved drastically over the last couple of years. I mean, Oklahoma is the the best example of that. You know, you between West Virginia, Oklahoma, Iowa State, I mean, Baylor's played really good defense. And, you know, I honestly, I'm maybe more um, – more interested in what Texas looks like defensively than even offensively. They hired a great staff uh, on defense. So, yeah, I, I think those numbers draft-wise for the Big 12 are going to come up defensively. There's going to be some – there's some really good players in the Big 12 on the def- defensive side of the ball next year. There's a lot of guys that decided not to go to the draft. And, like, TCU, Wallow is back. And, yeah, it's Real just – Bernard to Baylor. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting year defensively. And one guy, you and I, because I was thinking about okay, if we're like projecting and like predicting for next year, Quentin Johnston, yeah. dude, I'm telling you, gonna have a season. He's gonna have a season. There's something wrong if that kid doesn't have a big year, honestly. Yeah, well, I mean. It- <laughs> Add, add, add him to the list. I, I think, I think this year defensively, which is so funny because like everyone else nationally is trended offense and the big 12 is trended defense. And, you know, we're going to have our, our best group of defenses that this conference has probably had in a decade or more. I hope so. Also, I think Perry on Winfrey can play himself onto a top 10 players in the big 12 list. That is, no uh, that's a big athletic dude. Okay, one more thing. OU football-wise, betting odds are out, Dad. They are out for who is going to win the Big 12. And you can find them a lot of different places. But the first ones I saw came from betonline.ag. And OU is the favorite at 5-7. to seven. Uh, Texas has the next best odds at 11-4. to four. 
Iowa State has the third best odds at seven to two. Oklahoma State ten to one. TCU fourteen to one. West Virginia twenty-two to one. Kansas State twenty-eight to one. Baylor and Texas Tech are both fifty to one. And Kansas is bringing it up the rear at one hundred and fifty to one. Uh, don't bet on Kansas, people. Those, Just, that's terrible odds. It should be a billion to one. <laughs> one billion there's, to one. There's not a scenario that exists in which Kansas wins the Big 12 next year. 151, that's a joke. So looking at the odds, obviously not a surprise that OU is is a heavy favorite. They've won the conference six seasons in a row. And it feels like this team has more hype and higher expectations than any team Lincoln Riley has had at least. And at this point, for me, at least it feels like betting on anyone else is just like setting money on fire. Teddy. I, I don't, I, I don't know. I kind of feel like the league missed its chance last year, right? OU was vulnerable last year and Iowa state tried to take advantage of it, but just couldn't quite do it. Couldn't finish the job. And, I don't know, man. That that five to seven. I know it's not, not good odds. You know, bet seven dollars to win five. You come home with twelve bucks. But I, if I had to put my money on anyone, it'd be Oklahoma. I mean, it really would be, despite the crappy odds. Yeah, um, I think I think Iowa State's going to be really good. I, if I'm not betting on Oklahoma, I'm betting on Iowa state. I just don't know anything about Texas. I mean, I know that they've got, uh, obviously a new coaching staff and a good coaching staff, but I don't know who their quarterback's going to be. Um, I do think that that system is going to get way more guys involved. It was the, I mean, Herman was the same as he, he was at Houston with Greg Ward jr. You know, he's always been where everything goes through the quarterback and everyone else kind of gets lost in the shuffle. Now, B. John Robinson's going to be utilized a bunch. Some of their their wide receivers, skill guys, going to be utilized a bunch. So, I, there's but there's no way you can put Texas in front of Iowa State. Iowa State is going to be better than they were a year ago. And I don't know that I can say that about anyone else in the conference, including Oklahoma. Right. No, I'm with I mean, you. Oklahoma, I, you know, we, we've, we've talked this team up a lot and the expectations are up there. And, and I think it has, it has more to do with like the situation nationally more so than, than really this team, you know, uh, all, all those teams are replacing quarterbacks and this was kind of our year, but like, would you would you say our offensive line is going to be better than they were last year? As of like today, they have a chance to get there, but I'd say they'd be similar, and yeah. they'd be a lot worse at center. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm saying. It's like the two guys we lost, we're not replacing them with with bad players, but we're not replacing them with better players. At least not yet. They can play. Maybe they'll they'll play themselves into some spots like that, and. You know, I are we better at running back? I mean, Gray looks good, but is he better than Ramondre Stevenson? I, I can't say that yet. So you know, I think we're gonna be better defensively. I just I, I don't know, man. I'm 
<laughs> maybe it's just talking about this team nonstop throughout the offseason, but I don't know. I, I think Iowa State is is going to be right back like they were last year. And, you know, they had a chance to go down and win the game in the fourth quarter. Yeah. And they've been – remember, Matt Campbell barely even let them practice this spring. Yeah. They did things a little differently. They just lived in the weight room and got jacked. So yeah. they're, they're going to look the part. There, there's no doubt about it. But I, I thought it was so funny. And uh, Iowa State has the second best odds at a couple other sports books I looked at. So it, this isn't the – but there are others that have Texas having the second best odds in the Big 12. And I just thought that that was so bizarre. You mentioned it. We, we don't know – a ton about Texas uh, is Sark that good. Uh, they don't even know who their quarterback is going to be. I, I think they've got decent options with Casey Thompson and Hudson Cart. But then I remembered, I was like, Oh yes, this is, this is a sports book. This is Vegas. It's not necessarily what they think is going to happen. They're going to set these odds to create the maximum amount of action. And you know, there's some Texas fans that saw that and they went, hell yeah, 11 to four. I'm jumping on it. Let's go. So I know. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not necessarily what they think it's, it's, you know, the money is kind of setting it there a little bit. They're trying to get action on both sides of it. So yeah, I don't know. I would say that as of right now though, Iowa state, I mean, is Jaquan Bailey, he's the only guy they lost, right? Yeah, I believe like they've got meaningful player. Yeah, I think they've got like 20 or 22 back. Yeah. I mean, and, and they've got some young players that I assume have gotten better that, that will get better in the offseason. So, yeah, I would say it's going to be really good. Really, yeah. really good. But, I mean, you look at Texas, I do think, you know, the question marks offensively, they – Who's going to step up for them offensively, right? B. John Robinson and Roshan Johnson. I think they're in a good situation at running back, but they need playmakers to step up at wide receiver. I mean, Joshua Moore was solid last year, but Jordan Whittington, Jake Smith, all those guys, they, they've just been hurt. Yeah. So I think that, you know, if, if Sark replicates the system that he had at Alabama, I think you're going to see their skill position guys really take off because it's been the Ellinger show for the, you know, the last five years, you know, it's all, all we've heard about. You're going to miss QB sweep and QB power, aren't you? Yeah. It's, you know, what's coming. It's hard to stop because he was a good player, but you know, Sark system and we saw it at Alabama and he's not going to be able to replicate that because he doesn't have anyone on the field there. That's as good as the guys that he was just coaching. So it's not going to look just like that, but, He's going to utilize more of the field, more of the players on the field, and it should help him out. So for our call your shot question, uh, put it out on the podcast, Twitter. Go follow us at OK underscore breakdown if you don't already. I highly recommend it. We put out some great videos. Some of them, Teddy uh, makes T-ballers cry, and they get a lot of views, <laughs> and people love it. Our call your shot question was, if you, have to, if you had to put money on a team other than than Oklahoma to win the Big 12, who would it be? Our uh, first one comes from our man Matt at I Kill Pop Tarts on Twitter. He says the obvious bet would be Iowa State, considering what they're returning on defense, along with Brock Purdy and Brees Hall. In my opinion, 
I think TCU can make some noise this year. Man, I I understand what our man I Kill Pop-Tarts is saying with TCU, but I'm just going to, at this point, I'm just going to have to see it before I believe it. Like, it, it's been three bad years in a row for Gary Patterson. We've been expecting the TCU bounce back, and it just it, it hasn't come. And you look at it, they they just haven't been good along the offensive and defensive line. And uh, until I see some improvement, especially on that offensive line, where they show they can protect Max Duggan and give him time to get the ball to these skill players, I, I, I'm i not a TCU believer. I'm just not. No, I agree. Um, you know, one team that I think is interesting only because of the odds, 28-1 to 1 with Kansas State. I think is at least interesting if you're looking for like a long shot play because 14 to one is not enough of a long shot. Um, like even West Virginia at 22 to one, I, I think Oklahoma state at 10 to one is why they're there. I don't know why Oklahoma state's there. They are. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know. I will, but. I will say this. Mike Gundy sounds about as happy as I've heard him sound in a long time. We, we interviewed him on the series show and, he just he was in a great mood and felt great about the football team. He said it's gonna they're gonna have the best special teams unit they've had since he was been there. He's been there and you know all this stuff. He just he seemed giddy about what was going on in Stillwater. So maybe hey, maybe he knows something. Maybe that 10 to 1 is solid value for what they're gonna roll out there on the field. Maybe Spencer Sanders figures it out. I I, I don't know. They got a good stable of running backs. I like their running they backs. They do. I, you know, I'm, I'm just at some point Spencer Sanders is what we've seen, you know, how long can we keep saying how, how, how much potential he's got true still the best game that he's played is his first start at Oregon state. So all, all I know is what Gundy told us. And he said that Spencer Sanders has made the progress he should have made last spring this spring so i assume they'll be better but who knows maybe he has a breakout year our man tyler burton at tyler burton seven on twitter says it's easy it's iowa state 20 starters from last year's team coming back and they get both texas and oklahoma state in ames this fall look at you studying the schedule already tyler proud of you that's a good point though I mean, that is a good point that they get Texas and Oklahoma State because they got to go to Norman. But all you got to do is get second and you make the Big 12 championship game. So they can yeah. drop the one in Norman. If they win those games, they're going to be in really good shape. Yeah, well, one of the questions is can they beat Iowa? As good as they've been recently, they can't beat Iowa. You can't do it. And the games are all like 9-6 to six or 10-7 to seven or 6-3. to three. It's the weirdest game ever. Um, I I feel like this may be one of those times where they play they they they've got this mental block, but they come out and just stomp their rival. I mean, just absolutely stomping. I was going to be a pretty good football team, so um, I don't. I, Iowa State's going to be interesting because. I've been like tooting the Iowa State horn for a long time, and they've been a great football team, but. 
they'd lose like games. It's like, what are you guys doing? How are you losing these games and playing like this, especially early in the season? But uh, we'll see. And then last one, our man K Rich on Twitter says, I would say it would be the safe pick, but Texas with the speed and athletes will have Sarkeesian trying to be OU the last couple of years, score more than the other team, even if it means giving up 56. K Rich, I don't know if you watched OU's defense uh, with that reference. You, you mean a, a, a few years ago, not, not the last couple, but I, I get what he's saying. So it, Texas will have talent there. There's no doubt about it. There's just, there's so many question marks. You know, we obviously the big headlines, the quarterback competition there in Austin, but they lost their best player on all three levels of their defense. I mean, they lost their two best defensive linemen in Osai and Taquan Graham, who both got drafted. They lost Juwan Mitchell who transferred. Right. And then they lost Caden Stearns in the back end. Maybe he wasn't their best, but he was one of their best. I mean, Mm -hmm. they got a lot of holes to fill defensively. No, they do. Uh, Here's the thing, though. I I don't think Texas is going to win the conference. I don't. And I really don't even think they're going to be, like, threatening for it. That doesn't mean they're not going to be, like, the best version of themselves they'll be all year in the Cotton Bowl against Oklahoma. I, mean, I, I don't care how good or bad they are. That's always going to be a dangerous game. And our guys know that. We've lost to some really bad Texas teams there. So they're going to be ready. Sark in his first year, it's going to be, it's going to be a different atmosphere. But I don't know. We'll see. I lost to Case McCoy. Case mm-hmm. McCoy. So, yeah, the game gets weird. That was – I mean, that whole season was weird. Didn't we play a bunch of backups that had like insane games that year? We did. We lost the case McCoy and we beat Bam in the sugar bowl that you're right. That season was weird. It was weird. Yeah. Case McCoy. That was like the, he was, he was hitting throws that Aaron Rodgers that day. It was unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. You're telling me it was truly (laughs) unbelievable. All right. Let's move on to football guys talking basketball, but first let's talk money. First Fidelity Bank is a full-service financial institution based in Oklahoma with tailored solutions for all your personal and business needs, checking accounts, saving accounts, home loans, and much more. They do it all. Whether it's online banking from your computer or mobile banking from your phone, everything is stress-free with FFB. Making mobile deposits, paying bills online, and moving money to different accounts could not be easier. First Fidelity Bank also provides free ATMs worldwide, making banking convenient wherever you are. They also give back to the community. FFB donates a total of more than $500,000 to local charities and educational foundations. Make your life easier and go bank at First Fidelity Bank. Visit FFB.com for more information. And make sure you send your kids to Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School. Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School has a long tradition of educational excellence. They know that children need to be in school and are doing everything possible to make that happen. Bishop McGinnis students were welcomed back last August and saw very few interruptions in 2020. With a 12 to 1 student to teacher ratio, no student is overlooked. Bishop McGinnis's college prep curriculum offers 22 AP courses. If you want to provide the best possible educational and spiritual development for your children, contact Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School or visit bmchs.org. Financial aid is available. Okay, football guys talking basketball, FGTB. Obviously, Russell Westbrook still means. A lot to a lot of people around here, myself included. 
And the other night, he breaks Oscar Robertson's triple doubles record in a fantastic performance. 28 points, 13 rebounds, 21 assists in a loss, but who really cares? And the sequence that took place when he broke the record was so perfect. He gets like an uncontested rebound, goes down the other end, jacks up a shot, bricks it horribly. It was, I mean, it was just, it was perfect. But there's no doubt that Westbrook has his flaws, right? He's not a great shooter. He, he could defend it at a higher level. He could take better care. He could take better care of the basketball, but he is absolutely electric to watch still. And he is incredibly productive and he is unapologetically himself on and off the court. I mean, he's just him at all times. And I respect the absolute hell out of that. And he breaks a record, Ted, that people thought would never be broken. And it is, it's pretty damn cool, man, to think of how many though how many of those triple doubles we got to watch as Thunder fans. And I I am I'm happy for him. And it's pretty awesome that he is officially the triple double king. It's amazing. And he broke that record fast because i know what year is he in now he was the 08 draft 08 draft so 12 years give or take whatever he's he didn't start this early it was that season really after kd left where he started getting triple doubles and everyone was like oh this is a thing this is kind of a thing here and that's whenever he started stockpiling them. So it's happened over an incredibly short amount of time. So that, that just makes it that much more insane with, with, with what he's done. And I agree. He's totally electric. And I absolutely loved the guy here. He, you know, he was a lightning rod. And that just, it makes me think, you know, if, if he just carried himself a little bit differently i think he would be he would be viewed totally differently as 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 how he is in the league right now i he he does not get the respect and the accolades and the attention in this league compared to the the play the level of play and it's because he's is just he's just kind of off putting to people know kind of how he carries himself and you know his teammates don't say that but when you watch the guy even if he's on your team he could be incredibly abrasive so it just it makes me wonder if he just had a little bit different demeanor like how different would his legacy be no i i I agree and i i think the best part about it is he does not care no, I, mean, he doesn't. I, I don't he think doesn't. he cares one bit. And it's it's interesting that you mentioned that he doesn't get the respect that he probably deserves. I, I think him being a bad shooter has a lot to do with it, right? The game has shifted, right? Yeah. It's a jump shooting game. It's a three-point shooting game. That's not his strength. 
mean, it's just not like we're, we're sitting here marveling at Steph Curry and what he's doing right now. Everyone loves seeing Dame Lillard hit shots from the logo. Like the, the game is shooting now. And, and that's kind of what is celebrated. And it's not what he does well, but I, I completely agree with you because I was looking at something because I was looking at the guys in his draft class and I went down kind of a little bit of a Westbrook rabbit hole because I really, I was just trying to figure out how a guy that was such a good free throw shooter became a bad free throw shooter. And I know that rule changed in 2017, but it's still, it's still so weird. Like he went from being a really good free throw shooter to a bad free throw shooter. That just really he was, doesn't he was happen. A 85% free I mean, he was throw an 85% awesome free throw shooter and just fell off a cliff. What? Because he couldn't walk to half court? Really? I mean, it's just still one of the weirder things in basketball. But he's 32 years old, right? You, you go back and look at that 2008 draft. It's Derrick Rose, Michael Beasley, and OJ Mayo are the three guys that go before Westbrook. Derrick Rose is, you know, doing good things. Right, he's still a productive player in New York. Right, he is, but with injuries and everything, like he fell off a cliff. I mean, he did. Michael Beasley, only God knows where Michael Beasley is right now. I got no clue where OJ Mayo is. You look at the guys that went after him: Kevin Love, uh, Danilo Gallinari, like really, really good players. But Kevin Love is stuck in Cleveland, and I—I uh, I mean, his career is definitely gone down several notches. And then you look at Westbrook. He is averaging 22, 11 and 11 this year. It's nuts. And although they lost tonight to Trey young and the Hawks and man, Trey young's good at basketball. I'll say that. And Westbrook kind of ran out of gas in the game. Like he's got them after, after a horrible start, he's got them in position to be in the playing game. Like they're going to be in the playing game. So what he has done while maybe it's not the way the league has gone, maybe it's not as popular and as flashy in a weird way as some of these other guys. Like he is by far the best player in his draft class. Like it's not even close. Yeah. And he's a great player. I mean, he really is. I, I, I'm with you. It is a little weird that he doesn't get a little more respect. Yeah, and depending on how long the guy wants to play, he's going to have to develop his shot. He is, and We've been saying that, though. I right? know, hey, I know it, but it's, it's going to fall off a cliff. It's going to fall off a cliff, and it just had – maybe he's a freak of nature. He Well, he definitely is a freak of nature, but it will happen at some point. And usually it happens whenever you have some type of injury, but you know, he, he doesn't look like it's it's anytime soon, but it's going to have to happen. I just don't know. I don't know that it will until he's forced to, because I just off the top of my head, I've been sitting here thinking he is an incredibly explosive player. And I don't, I can't think of any, guys that I consider to be an explosive fast twitch player. That is a great shooter. Yeah. Just can't think of any there. Most of them or are more of finesse type guys. 
you know, no. Jordan was a explosive player, but he wasn't a great shooter. You know, statistically not a great shooter. Game was different. What? Whoa! It was before, totally different. Be careful going after Michael Jordan. You're going to get some people coming no, after I mean, us. You never know hey, where they appear from. Great foul shooter. I. But you know, it's. I, and I don't. I don't know. I don't know if there's a correlation as to why there's not the explosive guys or if, or if it's just that they've never had to develop that part of their game as much as others. I don't know why that is, but I don't know. I, it's crazy at 32. He does not look like he's slowing down at all. It's amazing. Yeah. And especially with Bradley Beal having that little hammy issue. I mean, he is. And his, it's a rough 32. Now, the way he plays, he's got some hard mileage on that body. I mean, he is night in, night out. The energy that he brings, it's hard to keep that level up, man. It's its amazing. Yeah. Incredible athlete. He's still awesome to watch, though. I know he can't shoot. I know he's a little abrasive with everyone. But, man, he's fun to watch. And no one, at least on the offensive end of the floor, no one in the league plays harder. I mean, that's that's why that's why I appreciate his game. I mean, the effort it's it's awesome, and he was he's the most popular Thunder player ever. So that's also it's fun to watch him succeed. I'm rooting for him, and if Bradley Beal gets healthy, I'm not sure if the Wizards make it through that play-in tournament. I'm not sure anyone wants to see that in the first round. Uh, I mean, that would be uh, that'd be interesting. Okay, Oklahoma City Thunder, they have done a masterful job tanking. They are two and 25 since the trade deadline. They now have the third worst record in the league, which gives them the same odds as Houston and Detroit to get the number one pick and to have a top four pick. So tanking mission accomplished kinda because I was looking at the standings they have the same number of wins as the Cavs and Magic right now. They have played one more game than both of those teams. So it is possible, because we know the Thunder losing less the, the rest of their games. Something would have to go terribly wrong for them to win. But they could end up in a three-way tie, Ted, for the third worst record and when you look at Cleveland and Orlando's remaining schedules, I think that scenario is very, very likely. So did a little digging and a tiebreaker in that situation. If they are tied for the third worst record with the Cavs and Magic, that tie will be broken by a separate lottery draw that will determine who gets third, fourth, and fifth when it comes to the records. So it's likely that the Thunder's NBA draft lottery odds come down to a lottery. Holy shit. Let's go. Amazing. Uh, I, it's, is this really what we want from the NBA? (laughs) At least it'll be entertaining. It's going to be be stressful though. How nice would it be to uh, win the lottery to get in and get the number one pick? That would be great. In a perfect world, 
Well, you can you can have the fifth. You can be in fifth. You just don't have the same odds. You can still win the lottery. Kinda, I think. I mean, the yeah. the, the yeah, percentages that's, that's aren't true. in your yeah. favor, but that's right. It's yeah. possible. Yeah, that's right. But I I don't think a lot of people are aware that there could be a lottery to determine the lottery odds. <laughs> So prime viewing right there, baby. I just, I just kind of wonder because I, I couldn't find like if it would be televised or anything like that, because how fun would that be? Like they're just, I, I imagine it's just like Adam silver. He's got a Cavs ping pong ball, a magic ping pong ball and the thunder ping pong ball. And he's just got like one of those old school, like bingo machines and he's just cranking it. He's like, all right. Here we go. And the first one that comes out is third. And you get the best odds for the lottery. But it's it has it been. It should be whoever can sink their ping pong ball into the other guy's beer first gets that lottery pick. <laughs> it it should be the team that has lost 25 of their last 27. That's who should get it. Damn it. And there, there's no doubt they're going to lose to Utah and they're going to lose to the Clippers. So uh, I feel confident about them ending in third. We'll just see how many teams are tied there. But yeah, I thought that was uh, thought that was pretty interesting. So uh, we'll see if that plays out. I think it's going to. And let's get weird, Thunder That'll fans. Be cool. That'll be cool. Do you own a business? If you do, you need Insurica in your life. Insurica is one of the country's largest insurance brokers with 30 offices throughout Oklahoma, Texas, and the Southwest. Insurica is able to customize programs by accessing the latest information from many insurance carriers. They compare and contrast coverage offerings and pricing in order to design a cost-effective, comprehensive program to meet your business's specific needs. Insurica's clients become best-in-class businesses by working with Insurica's team of advisors to manage risk. Purchasing insurance is only one way to protect your business. Best-in-class businesses win by avoiding a loss in the first place. If your business partners with Insurica, you'll save huge amounts of money and take back control of your total cost of risk. I'm an Insurica client and you should be too. If your business wants to be best in class, connect with Insurica at insurica.com. That's I-N-S-U-R-I-C-A.com. And make sure you connect with our friends at Advanced Weight Loss Clinic of Sand Springs. They'll help you execute a realistic and achievable weight loss plan designed for you and only you. They've got all kinds of treatments for men and women. They're licensed and trained experts combine diet and exercise with hormone therapies to maximize your results. If you're struggling with low libido or low energy, Advanced Weight Loss Clinic of Sand Springs can help with that too. They also offer Botox and fillers. To get on the path to losing weight, call 918-241-LOSE or visit their Facebook page. If you mention the podcast, you will get a free fat burner injection. It is time for our winners and losers of the week. As always, Ted, kick us off. Who do you got as your winner of the week? Well, I considered going with Oklahomans because there's a new movie out, Stillwater, Matt Damon, and like most other movies, it paints Oklahoma as a backwards, uh, barren wasteland where everyone's named Bud and uh, married to their sister, and the only job you can have is working on an oil rig or shoveling cow manure. And I prefer it that way because 
it keeps this place a hidden gym. Everyone on the coast thinks that this is the crappiest place in the world to live, but it's fantastic. And I want to keep it that way. So I don't want a bunch of people moving here. So keep, thought about going with, yeah, keep moving to Austin <laughs> and Nashville. You nerds That's don't right. come here. That's right. It's unless, gonna... unless you're a big business, then, then come here. We would, we would like to boost the economy. Thank you. Right. Thank you. Uh, but instead, I settled on Coach Patty Gasso, who won her ninth straight Coach of the Year for the Big 12 Conference. That's insane. No, uh, it's not. They've won nine in a row. <laughs> I know. I know. But, you know, you would think that, okay, whatever team went from worst to third place and, you know, they improved a bunch and, New coach, did a good job. Nope. Straight up going with Coach Gasso every single year. I think that is amazing. Yeah, it, it is amazing. And what may be amazing is if she joins us on this podcast next Ooh. week. It is, some would say it is in the works. Dates yeah. and times have been discussed. Wow. Not established but discussed. I love it. I'm pretty love excited. It. If we have Patty on, she, God, she, she's so cool. And I don't think she's a drinker, but like, I just, I just want to sit and drink beer with that lady. Like she's just so cool. Should we have some natty lights? I don't want her to immediately just <laughs> click off the zoom call. <laughs> uh, that'll be awesome. I, I hope that, that, that goes through. That'd be great. She's fantastic. But, she's, she's great. I've heard her speak a couple of times too. She's amazing. Yeah. I, she wasn't the only one. I mean, they swept those awards damn near now. Yeah. Carrie Eberly, the pitcher from Oklahoma state got, you know, some much deserved respect, but what was, it was Tiari Jennings was freshman of the year. What was it? Grace Lyons, I think was defensive player of the year. Correct. Who else am I missing? I'm missing one. Don't tell me. I'm missing one. I'm missing one. Grace Lyons, Tiari Jennings. There's one more. Who is uh, it? Jocelyn Allo. Jocelyn Allo is player of the year. How yeah. we forget I, I thought Jocelyn? I you said that one first. Sorry. Sorry. I'm just an idiot. <laughs> but, yeah, they. I, I mean, it's kind of an annual tradition now, them just sweeping that thing, right? Nine straight, coach of the year. Awesome. Love it. Gosh. I can't wait to get out to the Women's College World Series. Let's go. Early June. It's coming quick. I think the Big 12 tournament's going to be awesome. As heated as that series was with Oklahoma State, expect them back in the, the final. That's going to be it's going to be fun. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go on a limb. I'm going to say, oh, you wins the thing. Just a guess. Just a guess. I'll be, I'll be taking them as well. Who do you have as your loser of the week? Well, I thought about going with the Tebow haters out there. I, I don't know why this upsets so many people that he might get on the roster for Jacksonville. Why does anyone care if, if maybe he gets a shot instead of some other fourth tight end? I guess I just I don't understand why it's such a lightning rod, but I, I don't know. It's, it's, it'll I, dominate the headlines for a while. I... I also am not sure why it is such a lightning rod, but then again, I talked about it like three days in a row on my radio show. <laughs> Seriously, yeah. like it just there's something about the guy, 
right? Uh, I, mean, I, just... I honestly think that that's why Urban is bringing him there because he's going to suck up all the attention away from, from Trevor Lawrence and Lawrence can have his, you know, whatever it is. I see, I don't know. I, I don't think Tim Tebow has any business playing tight end in the NFL. I think he's going to get wrecked. I think trying to learn a position at age 33 that you've never played before when you were a quarterback and you didn't even play a position where there was really contact. And some people are like, Oh, he ran over people in college. You didn't see him running over anyone in the NFL because he would have gotten knocked unconscious guys. So I, I feel like a hater and uh, because I, I just don't think it's going to work. I actually well, think it's going to fail miserably, thing, but it is, I mean, it is what it is. If it fails miserably, it fails miserably. He's and he doesn't make the team and he can't do it. He can't cut it. He's, he's not good enough. If you're on another team, you should be applauding this move. You want Jacksonville to be as bad as possible. Why do you care if their roster is better and they bring in on a better player? I just don't get it. I, uh, the, the number one thing I don't understand about this entire thing are the people that are like, he'll be a great locker room guy. Like, I mean, he'll be great in the locker room. Like he will boost the team's morale. I'm like, and it's just, I, I love that people have like this ideal image of what the NFL is. It's like, guys, if the guy can't play, they will fire his ass so fast. Like it doesn't matter. It does not matter that he's Tim Tebow. I know that sounds weird. Like it, it obviously does, but if he can't play, he won't be on the team. Right. Right. Yeah, that, that, that's, that's totally right. That's, that's just how it's going to be. And cause you only have 53 roster spots. They're not going to waste it on a raw, raw locker room guy. Yeah. They can't play. Right. And couldn't even block on punt cover team when he tried with the jets. I'm just saying, I'm, once again, I'm just hating that's hard. hard on, I've hated hard on Tivo this week. No, I, and I, he's he's gonna gonna get wrecked, I don't think bro. he's going to make it. I don't think he can just show up and all of a sudden play tight end or H back or fullback or whatever. But I, I just, I don't know why all of a sudden everyone's so, so concerned about the 90th roster guy. My, my biggest issue with the entire situation is you just drafted Trevor Lawrence. Number one, this isn't college where you're bringing in a five-star freshman quarterback that you think is going to be your starter. And, you're, you're trying to protect him, right? You're trying to keep expectations low. Like, no, the guy's a professional. He's the face of the franchise. I want all the attention on him. All the attention was on him in college, right? At Clemson. I, I, you got to embrace that. And I think that this is a distraction. I think this takes away from the excitement of Trevor Lawrence there in Jacksonville. I do. Uh, I think that, I don't, I'm not calling it a publicity stunt, but I just think, I, I think it is a miscalculation by the Jaguars. I think that they should be leaning in to Trevor Lawrence as much as humanly possible right now. But Urban's, he's treating this situation like a college coach would treat it, as opposed to how an NFL coach would treat it. And we'll see well, if it ends up working out. I only thought about going with you as a loser then on that game. I ended up going with Packers fans because, and I, I know I've brought this up with the Aaron Rodgers deal before, but this is going to be a slow and painful death for the Packers fans. 
everything that happens, like they signed Blake Bortles today. Are they signing him because they're trading? They've got a trade for Aaron Rodgers and they're going to try and move him. Or are they just signing him because they think Aaron's not going to return and he's going to hold out and he's not going to play? Like every single move you're going to just agonize over. It'd be better if he was just gone. But right up until day one, game one, if he's not traded, you're not going to know what the hell's going to happen. It's going to be a torturous summer and a torturous early preseason and camp if, if nothing happens. It's a slow, painful death here. Instead of just moving him, trading him, you know, upset that he's gone, but you move on, they're not going to be able to move on for some time. Yeah, and I, I was watching – there's a lot of coverage of the schedule release. It was really good, but I was watching one where – and maybe maybe the NFL is my winner of the week. Hmm. Um, they Every time they brought up the Packers, it was like, and, you know, week nine, it'll be Packers Chiefs. It'll be Mahomes versus Rodgers. Maybe. <laughs> like, will Aaron Rodgers still be the quarterback in Green Bay? Every time they brought up one of the games, that's what they talked about. I mean, it, it, you're right. It is going to be painful for Packers fans because it, it still doesn't feel like this is going to end well for no. them. It just doesn't. I'll tell you, it's going to be good for local media. I mean, can you imagine how many people are logging in every day to, to check the blogs and see what's happening and see what everyone's heard? It's crazy. Yeah. Poor Packers fans. All they, all they want to do is own their team and be happy. And Aaron Rodgers is mad. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> Guys, spring is here and you know what that means. It is hard seltzer season, baby. And there's only one hard seltzer that we drink on this podcast, and that is Will and Wiley Hard Seltzer from Coop Aleworks. It's perfect for any occasion. We drink it by the pool, at the lake, and at the tailgate. It's made in Oklahoma, and it is absolutely delicious. Will and Wiley is customized for the Oklahoma lifestyle. Go find it right now in a store near you, and go follow them on social media at, at Will and Wiley. If you're drinking some because of us, let them know. Okay, my winner of the week, Thought about going with people that have been stockpiling Chick-fil-A sauce in their fridge because <laughs> <laughs> apparently Chick-fil-A is having a sauce shortage. And it was first it was oil with the pipeline deal. Now it's Chick-fil-A sauce. Ted, what's next? I don't know, but we're, we're all freaking out. What would you out. choose if you could five gallons of Chick-fil-A sauce or five gallons of gas during a shortage? Oh, dude, I went to uh, I went to 7-Eleven. <laughs> You know, I went to Love's, just filled up a bunch of tanks. No, I didn't do that. Everywhere here has gas. I know. It's, We're fine. It's it's so funny. All these, I'm watching the news and people are freaking out. They're filling up tanks. And so I actually went and drove around and just looked around. I was like, oh, everything. We're good here. We're good. Don't, but that whole thing. But yeah, no, Chick fil A sauce is great. It is great. But I, I only had like three packs. I checked in my fridge. Cause I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to sell some Chick-fil-A sauce. I'm going to make some good, <laughs> good money. We only had three little packs of it in the fridge. That's only, so, you got to hold on to that, that amount. You can't, you can't let any of that loose. The emergency supply is what right. I call it. Just in case, just in case they short me, which they might now that there's a shortage, but my winner of the week, NFL football fans, even the Packers fans, I'm including you and all your pain Packers fans. They're the winner to beat because the NFL schedule is out. 
and every fan is going through the schedule, talking themselves into how their team can go 15 and two. And it's still so weird that there's 17 games now. It's crazy. Going to Texas, I'm getting used to, but we've got some awesome matchups in week one. Kicking it off, Cowboys at Bucks in the Thursday night season opener. Uh, what I am labeling, and I can't imagine I'm the only one that has come up with this, but return of the DAC. I mean, come on. That's good. Come on. That's I like good. it. I like it. I, hey, Bucks, I saw six point favorite right now. I'll lay the points, please, against the Cowboys. Uh, I'm with you on that one. Uh, some other week one games, a, a bit of a bad break for Baker and the Browns have to go to Kansas city and take on Mr. Mahomes in week one. Not ideal. uh, Not ideal playing Mahomes in September. What still hasn't thrown a pick in the month of September. Uh, He's, he's pretty good early in the season. Kyler and the Cardinals are going to Nashville to take on the Titans week one. That's, that's a good matchup. I like that. Yeah, I like that a lot. Um, Sunday it's a night big year football. for Kyler and the Cardinals, man. It yeah for for Cliff and that crew. It is. I I wonder. I, I feel like they're going to be better offensively, or at least more consistent offensively yeah. this year. We'll, don't forget they added AJ Green, another another nice wide out. Um, and haven't haven't they? Did they add a couple of guys on the offensive line too? Yeah, they brought some guy. They brought some guys in, so they should. They should be. They should be better. Yeah. Well, I mean, you never know though. But having to go on the road and play a good football team, a physical team like the Titans, that's a yeah. that's a tough way to start the year. Uh, Sunday night football to open the year will be Bears at Rams, which could be interesting. Obviously, to open up, but they hadn't been able to have fans in that stadium that big new beautiful stadium there in LA. So that'll be cool for them to get to show that off Matt Stafford starting his Rams career. And what are the chances they fill it up? Because I got to tell you the football out there has not been packing them in. I, I bet it will be sold out because if there's one thing I know about LA people, if it's an event that's on TV where they can end up on camera, they'll (laughs) usually show up. Who do you think? Uh, Dalton, get the start. Give me fields. Why not? Uh, let's, let's get weird. I, I I will say this. It's one of the forgotten things because so much stuff has happened, but I'm interested to see what Stafford does with the Rams, man. You know, it doesn't – that team is so good defensively. He's got to change his style a little bit, be a little less of a gunslinger and, and be a little more of a game manager, but it could, they could be really good. I think he's going to be awesome. Great teammate by the way. Cool guy. And then Monday night football to open the year Ravens at Raiders. That should be a good one. And one highlight that everyone is pointing out. Tom Brady goes back to Foxborough week four. Also the London games are coming back. A couple oh, London games. Yes. Woo-hoo. Which every player loves. Did you ever did have to take a trip over there? I, I took the trip. We went for a full week. We we played on Sunday, lost. We got to go home, pack a bag, come back. We got on a plane and flew to London that night, and we were there for an entire week. And the first couple of days, we were wasted. I, I mean, bet. 
wasted in London, and it was it was awesome. And then we were down like twenty one to nothing against the Jaguars in the first half, and we were like, "Oh, what happened? Oops!" <laughs> Almost came back and won, but uh, didn't didn't quite oh, complete the comeback. Old Buffalo Bills, but the National Football League does such a great job. It, it's headlines all year. It, it's twenty four seven coverage every single day of the year, and the schedule release is it's got everyone talking. So, and also. All the teams, social media teams, they do all the ones. The Chiefs one where it's like it's just Andy Reid being like, yeah, we're excited for the opportunity to play, blah, blah, blah. And they just played it for every team. And it was him <laughs> saying it like in the past. It was it was great. There are some really funny ones out there. Go check I hope out. the NCAA is taking note. I wish college football did a schedule reveal like this, but it'll never happen. They would make too much money. Too much ad revenue. Makes too much sense, right? Makes too much sense. Yeah, it's true. Now, my loser of the week thought about going with the city of Oakland. Man, the poor people Mm. of Oakland. They've they've already lost the Raiders to Las Vegas. They've lost the Warriors to San Francisco. And now they might be losing the A's if the local government doesn't get on board with them building a stadium on the water in downtown Oakland. We'll see. uh, We'll see how that goes for them i'm guessing not good i i don't know where they'll end up nashville maybe everyone's everyone's moving to nashville i didn't manfred say that they are hoping they stay on the west coast i bet yeah. it's i bet it's vegas man vegas i've heard portland too but vegas and portland yeah yeah vegas makes a lot of sense and everyone's like oh yeah they'll be so excited to play in the heat or they could just build them a stadium do you ever think of that well i, I mean playing doors I don't know if anyone's noticed, but Phoenix is not the coolest place in the uh, in the world. They've got teams. I mean, you can get it done. Build it indoors just like they did the football stadium. Yeah. Also thought about going whoever writes the headlines for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution because college football legend Colt Brennan uh, passes away, unfortunately, after what sounds like a, a pretty severe battle with uh, with addiction. And the idiots from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution put an article out titled, Quarterback Georgia Defeated in 2008 Sugar Bowl Has Died. I mean, what kind of bullshit is that? (laughs) I mean, and... How does that happen? I don't know, bro. Like, how? I just, I don't... It doesn't... And these are... These are supposed to be journalists that have no standards and the right way to do things. And you know, you've got a big following. You're not someone that's tweeting something out to five people. You've got a big following, you know, thousands, tens, hundreds of thousands of people, millions are going to see it. How does that not cross your mind? And. Uh at the very baseline level, how do you even think that way to even come up with that? I mean, it got worse. They got the people were so mad about the initial headline. They delete it. Right. But all they did was change it to quarterback in 2008. Sugar bowl has died. <laughs> like They just, I, it, it, it blew my mind. And 
it, it made me mad because a lot of people were celebrating Colt Brennan and we should like, I, I still remember staying up watching those whack games, you know, in '06, '07, when he was just slinging that thing around. I mean, he made Hawaii football cool. He had people playing as Hawaii on NCAA football. I mean, that's how good and funny he was to watch. Like, and for them to disrespect him like that, and then for it to steal a big part of the story, you know, that that made me upset. Yeah. Made me upset. I didn't know the guy at all, but it just it was annoying. I, I just I hated the story. I hate I hate to hear I hate to hear that in that way and that he struggled so bad. I mean, so much talent, um, but also so much just, I don't know, tragedy, injuries, devastating car wreck with a brain injury. I think he had two knees and two hip surgeries. It's just, I hate that he was constantly having to battle all of those things, and it's it's just terrible. It was... It was a good reminder that even if you think people are doing well, hey, check on your people. Just check in. Check in someone random, fire off a text, start a conversation, see how they're doing. You know, someone you haven't talked to in a while. Just you never know what the difference and you never know what difference that'll make. Okay, but my loser of the week is golf when it rains. Because on Tuesday, uh, the Oklahoma 6A Boys Golf State Tournament was being played at the Forest Ridge Golf Club in Broken Arrow. And I don't know the fine people that manage the Forest Ridge Golf Club in Broken Arrow. I don't. But I can tell you one thing. I don't think I'd like them very much. I, I really I really don't because there was a weather delay. It was from like 10 to 1. And there was still a ton of daylight. Course was definitely wet. I'm assuming, but the people managing Forest Ridge decided that they didn't want to let those kids get out there and finish the final round. So they just canceled it and they said, Hey, only the first 36 holes matter. So whoever was winning then, you know, as a team individually, your state champs, that's that. Now, Edmund North probably would have won anyways. But the 5A championship, this is what pissed me off. The 5A championship was happening 10 miles away, and they finished. What the hell, Forest Ridge? Let the kids uh, play golf. Your course isn't that important. What? How does, how does that happen? I don't know. Why don't you just come back the next day and finish? I don't understand. That's what I'm saying. I don't I don't. You can't just say that, well, it's over. That was fun. Oh, you can, because that's what <laughs> yeah. those losers did. I don't know. That's That seems really weird to me. And you, if it's there's no lightning, let's play some golf. If you got standing water, take a drop. Let's play some golf. It's not that big of a deal. It gets worse because... On Wednesday, the NCAA Women's Golf Regional in Baton Rouge was canceled without a single shot being hit. So the top six seeds automatically advanced. Now, that is the rule. I'll say that is the rule. But 
the NCAA committee rep that came out to announce it said, quote, even though the course is playable, it's not playable at a championship level. If it's playable, then you play. And, and when he says it, like these people are in the parking lot are filming. They're like, wait, what the hell? You said it's playable. What are you talking about, man? And I, if it's playable, you play. And it gets worse because some of the coaches that were there for the regional are walking the course that day, taking pictures, taking videos like, this looks very playable to me. We should be out here playing. I don't, at the Division One level, how is this a thing? Like, hey, guys, we're not playing. Top six, you move on. Hey, the other ones, go home. Season's over. Like, how's that a thing in D1 golf? It's like, sorry, bud, I'm teeing off. I'm, I'm playing my 18, okay? Call the cops if you want to. I'm playing. I. It's so stupid. I guess I, NCAA. I, I don't. I don't know how the, these things happen. Especially NCAA. We'll play it tomorrow. Right. Go play somewhere else. Play right? somewhere else. Play a I, tournament. You got to play it somewhere. That's ridiculous. I. It's I just, playable, but not at a championship level. Wow. I just. I, I don't know. It's, it was like the third straight day it had been canceled. So they didn't play any golf at all. And, and the reason it kind of applies locally here is Tulsa was one of the teams at the regional. Yeah, The Tulsa women's golf team was there, and they they weren't one of the top six seeds. So they didn't get to play any golf. They didn't get the chance to, you know, upset someone. It's frustrating if you're a senior and you just – you have a chance to. I'd to lose my mind, bro. I know. I, I mean, that's. I don't know why I'm calling you bro so much tonight. I like I, it. I I, I, I kind of like, like it. it too. I feel. <laughs> I, I don't know why. It just feels right tonight. Maybe it's the <laughs> t-ball shirt. I don't know. But I I saw that, and I was trying to imagine, like, kind of trying to relate it in football, and it would never happen in football, right? But it would never happen in any other sport. That's what I'm None. saying. It would never. You'd play it the next day or the next week if you needed to or two weeks if you needed to. And I know that golf is a little bit different as they do this. Those courses, they've got to get them geared up for that, you know, that level of grooming and all of those things. But you still have to play it. Even if the course is not at a championship level, it it has to be played. I have right before because, you know, we're we're pretty much done. By the way, that golf, that that stuff, both of those situations bother me. Uh, I mean, it's just ridiculous. But we talked about the uh, the possibility of the three-way tie for the Thunder to be uh, to have the third worst record. Well, uh, my brother just texted me while we were recording. The Cavs just beat the Celtics. <laughs> Let's go. What a bunch of idiots. Idiots. Losers. Well, they're the loser of the week. You're so stupid. <laughs> Let's go. Thank you. Hey, shout out to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Good we job, appreciate you. And on that note, episode 111 in the books. We'll have a new podcast that will drop Monday morning. Sterling Shepard scheduled to join us. 
Just a reminder, you can hear Teddy from 2 to 6 on Sports Talk 1400. And you can hear me from 3 to 5 on Sirius XM, Big 12 Radio Channel 375. Hope you all have a great weekend. Till next time, we appreciate y'all for listening. And do what you always do, Oklahoma. Take care of each other. Just one.